Welcome to Behind the Stats with Matt Cross, a podcast taking a deeper dive into the sports stars from around the world so you can get to know the person behind the stats. Behind the Stats is sponsored by Buzz Physique. Use code MATT10 to apply 10% off your orders. And now, here's your host, Matt Cross. Okay, so welcome to episode two of Behind the Stats with Matt Cross. Um, again, as it was said in the in the start, thank you massively to my sponsors, Buzz Physique. Um, use code Matt10 at www.buzzphysique.com. You'll get yourself some uh, brilliant discounts on some amazing gym wear uh, from a company based down in my hometown of Plymouth. Uh, so episode two is with a professional boxer, uh, Beck Connolly. Beck, thank yeah. you for joining us. <laughs> no worries. Um, so, Beck, first off, thanks very much for agreeing to do this. I know you're an incredibly busy lady, so um, okay. no I, I, I really appreciate the time. Um, so, Beck, for those that might not know you, um, I think of being a swimming coach, a few more of my followers at the moment are, are more in the swimming world than they are in the, the boxing world. Um, so I'll just go through a few a few things about you, and we can we can have a little chat about those. Um, so as far as I know, but you were born in Watford, is that correct? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, are you still in Watford, or have you moved on? Or no, I'm in Wiltshire, but we moved to um, Leighton Buzzard after Watford, and then I left home really early, and I've just been all around the place. But I've settled in Wiltshire now, so yeah, I think nice. I'm going to stay. <laughs> Yeah, lovely part of the country. I can't blame you for for wanting to stay there. Um, so, but uh, professional boxer. Yep. Um, currently on eighteen fights, I believe. Yeah, they whacked in quick, didn't they? Yeah, they all add up. <laughs> um, and made your professional debut. Um, I've got down here the 29th of September, twenty seventeen. Five years ago. <laughs> five, five years. So we're talking we're talking nearly four fights a year. And that includes COVID. So yeah. that that must have taken a bit of a toll. Yeah. I, I always well, I knew with my age I needed to stay active. Um I was one of the really lucky ones in COVID because I got out a couple of times, which a lot of people didn't. Um not so lucky that I got COVID and I've never got rid of the sore throat. <laughs> oh, no. Heavily well, just sounds like I smoke 40 a day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I when I was ticket selling, they said for the first 10 fights, you have to ticket sell, most people quit. Um, so I was trying to whack in at least four or five fights a year and then COVID hit. And now, luckily, the TV shows and that, they, they pay, so you don't have to sell tickets. So that's, that's good. Ah, brilliant. Uh, and... From from what I've seen, are you are you still affiliated with Matchroom and uh, and with Eddie Hearn, uh, or have you moved I on now? Or? No, I literally fight for anyone. Um, okay, if it's the right if it's the right purse and the right date, um, I don't think there's any reason I wouldn't take on a girl like at all. Um, yeah, I wanted to leave the sport when I finally retire, having fought like the best of the best. And I think I've made a pretty good dent in that goal. <laughs> yeah. 
Ah, brilliant. Cool. And I read somewhere as well that there was a potential for you to transfer over to MMA. So is that true? Yeah, that, or? Was, that was in 2000, I think, when was the lockdown? 2020, wasn't it? So 2019, um, we were eyeing up a Pink Tyson fight and she was transferring over to MMA as well. Um, so I started training. I started training under Lee Remedios, um, the ex-UFC fighter, Um and he's great. He's brilliant. He still does all my weight cutting <laughs> for me now. Um, brilliant. But COVID happened. And to be honest, I don't know how I used to find the time. My timetable is hectic as it is, but I used to be able to fit all that in. Um, it's my jujitsu that, like, because my background was in judo and um, okay. that was where I started fighting. So that came quite back quite naturally. But um, those jujitsu guys, they're like, chess players aren't they <laughs> so that that would be where I'd need to really pick up my game but I'd definitely be interested should the money be right to make the transfer but um so unfortunately the British board they don't like multi-sports in England okay. it's not like in America and the board have been really good to me and I love boxing so yeah that's where that, we're at <laughs> that's where you're at at the moment well if if Dana White manages to pick this up, then... That's it, Dana. <laughs> Maybe I'll make the switch for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure he listens. I'm sure he listens. Um, so you uh, you said there about your, your, your schedule being really hectic. Um, still in the British Army? Yeah, I had to take a year's leave last... Yeah again which years were in 2021 um because i had some family stuff to sort out that had to take priority um but i'm due to go back now so yeah and and the first first ever female infantier yeah yeah we did make history so that was kind of cool i um, (laughs) am at parts i didn't think i was going to make it through because i don't think everyone was 100 percent keen on women to start with um but the the criteria I feel was where it should be because if you're going to do that job, you need to be able to do it and be physically strong enough and fast enough. Um, so yeah, I passed out from Catterick probably 10 days before the Jonas fight. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was like, wow, okay. this is a whirlwind, but yeah. Wow. Uh, so how did, how did that all come about? How did the, the, the being in the army and, what, why was that a decision you sort of made as a career? Um, to start with, I was oh, I was going with the Red Cross to do like um, wanted to get into like a rescue work, but more um, like national disasters, um, like hurricanes, floods. That's the kind of work that I wanted to get into afterwards, <coughs> and they were the ones that suggested. They were like, well, we normally take medical staff or soldiers. Um, okay. So I went in and then they got ever so excited because they were like, oh, my goodness, this could be a female that could pass the new requirements. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and the rest is history, as they say. You found myself in the right place at the right time. And um, it was very difficult. I won't lie. Uh, I think there's a few mm. more women now. But um, I've got that little thing in my head that I'm like, you're not beating me. <laughs> I'm not yeah. quitting. I'm not a quitter. No matter how bad it got, I was like, you're not going to beat this fight out of me. I'm going to make it. <laughs> no, brilliant. And did that, 
was that something um like going into the army was that something that you inherited from family i know a lot of people that that, that go down that yeah my granddad was in the army he served for years, okay. and years but um it wasn't to do with that really it was to do with the timing was right with the um relief work that I wanted to do and right. upskilling and then the opportunity to do this and the lads on the ground were absolutely great so yeah I learned a lot still learning a lot <laughs> brilliant and then alongside that uh, again going back to this this hectic schedule that you say <laughs> you have uh you're also a nutritionist yeah and tra- so the nutrition and training business um <clears throat> I transfer I think it was 2000 2012 my dad died and oh, I'm sorry that's okay like I'm big on like trying to find the positive in every tiny little thing and I was like um, so I wanted to know why one person can do something and their body responds by just it's fine and then another person does something and, and their body can't have it hack it and they die um so it was like about optimal conditioning and giving yourself the best base so then I went into nutritional studies and I'm really passionate about food and um, nutritional medicine and I set up my own business um, and I was able to run that alongside and the training was more because I was in the boxing gym and everything Um, so I was able to do that alongside boxing so that worked really well right up until COVID (laughs) and then obviously I lost all my clients I lost like so so much and people not that it's a bad thing but people re-evaluated in COVID like they lost a lot of money themselves so not everyone came back afterwards and I think people's priorities changed as well and don't get me wrong I did a lot of fun stuff in COVID like I did a lot of nutrition talks I did the nutrition talks for the army um and the local radio and everything so I was helping but I went back to it but the business wasn't thriving after COVID at all and I was concentrating more on fighting anyway and then I think it was last October I had an inordinate amount of stress in my life and I was just like you know what this this side of things has run its course now um, okay. And it just happened to coincide with my friend opening a and b in Poland. And it got me like thinking about, I do love what I do, but I wanted to intensify it. So that's where I'm hoping to head next year into retreats and like group sessions and working intensively with people. So it doesn't take a, an abundance of time. So I'm quite uh, passionate about that, but I'm not very good at websites and stuff like that. So that side of things is like slowing right down. Right, okay. <laughs> No, that's there's there's all the um I listen to I don't know if you listen to it, the Peter Crouch podcast. They're sponsored by GoDaddy. Apparently they're oh, brilliant okay. for websites. Oh, that's worth knowing. Go. Little little <laughs> heads up. That's purely from me listening to rubbish on, on Spotify, but um <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh right. So you mentioned now obviously the, the, the sadness of your, your dad passing away. Is is mum still around or yeah, my mum, she lives She lives a couple of hours away, so we don't really, we see her maybe four or five times a year, but I will say, like, we're always really excited to go home, and we really appreciate that time, and it's quality time, because I'm not there all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, like it. That's brilliant. I know, I know how you feel. I've, I've spent the last four years living abroad, um, so I was in Kenya, and then I was in uh, Dubai, and it's that you go home for 
for like a special occasion, a Christmas or whatever, and it's back to when you were you were yeah. five years old and you're looked after and all your favourite <laughs> treats are in the house. Absolutely. And, I get oh, that's what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. Mums mums will never not be mums. Oh, yeah. Um which is brilliant. And and speaking of, um again, hectic schedule and family. You, f- four four kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um we were <laughs> we were a bit of an odd family to start with. Um so I got divorced when I was eight months pregnant with our fourth and it was me and the kids for a long time. Um, and we traveled the world. Uh, I homeschooled them for a lot of it. Um, they're good little boxes and that. They're all older now. Like um, I took my eldest daughter, Gracie, to get her eyelashes done for prom yesterday. So she's. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then the other one's in her last year of school. And then. My middle son is just like his dad and totally football crazy and off doing that with him. And then my youngest is proper mummy's boy and like likes still likes doing all the gym stuff and the home oh, stuff. Cool. That's kind of cool. Uh, ah, yeah. brilliant. So I'm right in saying so Gracie's your oldest. Um, yeah. and then you've got Edie, Jimmy, and Reggie, is that correct? Yeah. 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 So so Ha- so it's a lot it's a lot less hectic now but um yeah up until last year it was super super hectic but as I say I they're, they're older now it's a totally different game than when like there's not anybody under 10 in this house so right was, yeah but it's but quite still- funny because I've been um sparring with Gemma Rueck okay and they've they've got a real young family there's like five of them in the gym and it just reminds me of when my lot were little and I was like carrying babies around, and trying to around. I was like that was me <laughs> I just I, like I completely take my hat off to you like I with my swimming coaching I I do early mornings and then I do late nights um and then somewhere in the middle of the day I'm finding time to do the podcast and oh we've got a visitor oh bless so sweet um but yeah so you know I'm finding time to do a master's and a and a podcast and then and, and then my coaching and I think I'm busy um but how you find time to be in the army run a business whether it's slowed down or not you're still running a business mum of four kids and be a professional fighter I mean your days must be insane at times I do yeah they absolutely were like from 5am to sleep every single night and as I say it was last October when I had some change like stuff going on at home and I was like you you don't you need to slow down a bit like you need to take it a little bit more steady and prioritize the things that are really really important um so I was still saying my life's stupidly hectic compared to the normal person I guess but I have prioritized boxing over absolutely everything because it's on a time constraint um yeah the business I fit around boxing now and I've really prioritized spending like quality time with with my family before it's before it's all gone and it's too late <laughs> yeah no definitely I mean there, there's a lot to be said I think for you know I, I I remember um talking to to Chris on the last episode of this podcast um and you have to the, your your kids will remember the time you spent with them that was that was quality 
Yeah. They're not, you know, they're not going to remember what you bought them for Christmas when they were 10. No, uh, I always, I always felt like that. And that's why I was, well, I've never been good materialistic or anything, but that's yeah. why I always took them away. Like every December, the boxing gym is shut. So we'd go traveling every December and that we've all got wonderful memories from doing that. And they still remember it now. But I was like this bit where they've been a bit older and yeah. so busy. So now like Sundays are always <laughs> like, yeah, we will go out for a race. We will spend that time, whether I've been fighting, whether I've been away, whatever I've been doing. So yeah, yeah it's nice. No, definitely. It, it's, and there's, there's a lot to be said, you know, about bringing that family unit together as often as you possibly can. Yeah, because think... everyone's off doing their own thing now. They've got their own lives and they've got yeah. their own preference for which parent they want to spend the time with and everything else. So it's like, yeah. well, as long as the time we do spend together is fun and it's nice and like, yeah, and mum's not dieting for all of it. <laughs> yeah. She's been dieting for 10 years straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, I can only imagine. No, it's, no, it's, look, no, honestly, but I'll take, I absolutely take my hat off to you because that's um, in an insane amount to be able to, to be able to go into and um, manage and still come out with a with a smile on your face and the personality <laughs> that you have, you know. Uh, some days I'm like that. I don't know if it's a crazy j- a grin or an actual <laughs> grin. <laughs> uh, no, brilliant. <laughs> uh, good. So what? Um, but what's what's on the horizon at the moment? What have we got? Have we got a fight coming up anytime soon? Or um, so we did have the the first of July, but unfortunately, my nose is still a bit. I don't know if you saw the Ebony Jones fight. I mean, it was an accident, but I got a headbutt, and it's just a bit tender. Yeah. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to take an extra week before I go back to. God, she's literally she's. <laughs> yeah so we're hoping to be out at the end of july is the next next time okay anyone uh, anyone we might have heard of or who who's the no i think stevie levy was the, meant to be the first of july but obviously we can't take that so we're happy to fight out to see anyone so it's not a problem going up to Gab Burrows this weekend to spar Katie Healy because she's got a world title fight in is it Nigeria or South Africa somewhere okay. <laughs> so that should be good they're great guys up in that gym so always learn a lot brilliant and uh, uh, are you are you at the moment are you signed to a management team or who, who looks Siesta's. after your boxing yeah Al Siesta okay and how did yeah. that how did that relationship come about was that um so for the first like so for 10 years I always um excuse me I'm just gonna get her a bone to chew on while that's okay (laughs) yeah that's fine I was with Paddy Fitzpatrick for the first like 10 how long have I been gone since COVID so yeah eight years I was with Paddy um and he was obviously he comes with a wealth of experience and knowledge was a manager as well um yeah managed just Layla Ali and everything so he knew exactly what he was doing um and then in COVID decided that he was giving up pro boxing he was gonna focus more on the youth which is admirable but it yeah. left I think we had 10 pros at the gym so it left us all kind of up in the air okay. and then it was down to 
mean, I mean, Paddy did put in place a plan, but it involved going to London like weekly. So I was, I thought about it long and hard, and I was like, it's just not feasible because it's okay now because the kids walk themselves to and from school. But at the time, I was doing school runs twice a day, so I was like, I yeah. can't physically be in two places. Um, and I thought I'll just hate that. So. Um, the amateur coach, um, Mike at Malmesbury, he was fantastic and let me go and train there under him for the first um, nine months. And then even that journey was becoming like, it wasn't too far. It was only like 45 minutes, but just daily, I was just struggling because, again, yeah. I was doing school runs and really getting demotivated. And um, I don't know, I had so much going on in my life at that time that yeah. the focus just wasn't there. I couldn't give Mike what he needed from a fighter. And so yeah. I was coachless, but I kind of had in the background of my head, like, um, I am going to, I'm going to sort something out, but it will come up. And then Al was who, um, Luke Watkins um, was suggested that he go with. And I was yeah. like, well, Okay, well, if it's been suggested for Luke, then it sounds like a kind of dude that I want to get involved with. And um, <laughs> I was a character, but to be fair, like, he has got some wicked fights off the ground for me. And he, he like, sorted out the Bridges fight in the summer. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I can't knock the blow. He really has got me lost. Look at her. She, she's back again. <laughs> <laughs> she's me under the table. She is a puppy in my defence. Like, I'm really naughty oh, puppy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah, so that's how I ended up with Al. And he's still, um, he's still managing me now. I'm going to go for my manager's licence, I think. So that'll be the next step after I finish fighting. I'd kind of like to manage female fighters. And nice maybe try and help them avoid some of the pitfalls and <laughs> that, that I've fallen into and get them the money they deserve, really. That's really cool. And I mean, you, you'll have gone through so much. Yeah, I kind of think it helps when you've lived it yourself. And yeah. um, like, there's, don't get me wrong, there's lots of, because the it's not saturated with female fighters, we do get maybe opportunities earlier but also we don't get half the opportunities we should either. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I think I, I didn't, I don't know or profess to know the ins and outs of the boxing per split and, and that side of things. Um, but I, I, I was reading up uh, the other day that Holland and the USA have gone to paying the same money for their female and male football teams. Okay, yeah, excellent. Um, I, so, I do understand it's the fans. Like, you can't, like, uh, when they talk about female football in the UK, like, we just don't have the fan base. And yeah. But boxing, how I'm seeing it is, the fan base is building, like, epically. Like, there's yeah. there's not much in it. There's, 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 of course, people that don't like female fighting. They're just set in their ways. They don't like it. That's such to the individual isn't it like it's fine yeah. but there's plenty of people my personal opinion when i i love the female fights they're always action-packed and yeah i always think the girls yeah. bring it <laughs> no definitely uh, definitely i mean you know a lot of the exposure i've had to to female fighting is is on undercards and things for your your, your bigger fights your your joshua's your your furies and things like that um but you're right it's all it's always a 
it's always an entertaining fight to watch. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. So yeah, definitely. If you can, if you can get yourself in management and start negotiating some better salaries (laughs) and things for them, then (laughs) exactly. No, brilliant. And have you set a? This is a difficult question to ask, but have you set a date for when you think? I'm feeling like. I've got at least two more years in me. So that is what I'm planning on doing. That's the kind of sort of plan at the moment. Um, But obviously it might get to two years and I'm having the time of my life and I'm showing no signs of aging or it might get to a year and I've had a big fight and it's time to knock it on the edge. Like you just don't know. Yeah, no, I suppose it's one of those, one of those things that you don't know what's going to happen in, in the next fight. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, cool. So potentially going into that management thing with the with the boxing. Um your retreats with your nutritionist in, in Poland with your best yeah, friends. <laughs> what is there anything else planned? Because that seems really easy compared to what you've got going on at the moment. So <laughs> Yeah, so so hopefully with the retreats, we'll do like four, six a year um, okay. and it will just be selling them as they go through. Um, and then, yeah, just um, going to throw myself into management and I'm always going to train as well. Like, I love yeah. training. I don't do it just to fight. I, I love, legitimately love training. Um, so that's going to continue. And hopefully at some point, like... I don't know, start enjoying some much more free time and yeah, get a little bit more balance as I get older, I hope. But yeah, yeah in the intro, I'm quite happy with the chaos to be quite yeah. honest. <laughs> <laughs> and I like variety as well. I think I'd be bored stiff if I was like stuck in the same job, like day Same day old day out. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. Um, so but I want to, I want to go a little bit back in time. Let's go a little bit back. So, so, Obviously, like we said, you were you were in, born in Watford. What what was what was childhood like for for Beth Connolly? How did we how did our childhood then go on to affect our boxing <laughs> army, all that sort of stuff, career? Yeah, um, my grandparents like we moved to Leighton Buzzard because my granddad was a jockey and he retired into the stud farm there. Um, <laughs> That, that was my mum's parents and they were wonderful um my dad if you could say anything but like my brother's like my mum and I was like my dad um personality wise but my dad was a bit of a um he was a catholic schoolboy and liked his drink a bit too much so yeah we, I grew up in an alcoholic home when I was little and everything that comes with that um so when I was six I thought at the time my parents were paying for it, but I think the coach was just doing it. So I'd come home from school and I would walk walk to judo every night, night in, night out. <laughs> and yeah. that was my that was my escape. And I loved fighting. Um, but I'd get so nervous in the change room. I'd be the one being sick. And um, I used to think, like, oh, maybe this isn't for me. And then my coach would be like, you're a good little fighter, Bex. I don't know why you do this to yourself. Like, why do you still get like this? And it wasn't until I met Paddy decades later um, that he was like, right, let's work with this. You're meant to feel nervous. You're meant to, you're going out to fight. If you don't feel nervous, there's something really, really wrong with you. Like, and he worked around that. And yeah, I kind of embraced that since. Like, it's your body prepping up. But yeah, as a child, 
judo was everything to me um and i that was yeah that was that was my complete escape and i just yeah. loved fighting and that was my little like kids have daydreams don't they i just wanted to be a ninja yeah, <laughs> that's what I wanted to be. <laughs> yeah so yeah that's what it was like uh brilliant so like you you speak about like your dad being an alcoholic and, and and growing up in that environment, was that like talk to us about how difficult that was or how that um, sort of shaped really your personality? Because you you absolutely love and adore your parents, don't you? Of course, yeah. And and you forget, like it's not until you're an adult you realise they're growing up at the same time as you. They're doing the best they can do, like at any one time. It wasn't a lack of love. It was uh, he was young. He was twenty when he had me, um, and yeah, it's just all all the things they kind of shaped the kind of parent that I wanted to be, like um, as as well because. It's just got people coming around the house looking for money all the time and phoning around. It was back in the days of no mobiles as well. Yeah. So you're phoning around the pubs at night and uh, yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. Your mum's buying all the papers because it doesn't want the write up and like, yeah, it wasn't nice. But um, I always loved my dad regardless and he yeah. never ever missed a fight ever. Um, in my last, well, it wasn't my last fight, it was my second to last one because it's why I stopped fighting in the end because I was making weight all the time and I don't think anyone talks about it enough so that's why I'm keen to manage like female fighters like I got myself an eating disorder from making weight all the time as a teenager because like you're in this fantastic shape and then suddenly you're not and it's a really hard thing to navigate um But in my second to last fight, I got my collarbone and my shoulder dislocated. Um, and it was a bad break. And I did, I like finished the fight. I got a draw. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I went back to fighting afterwards. But I just like, I don't know. I was just like, oh, this isn't for me. But it niggled at me my whole like early 20s. Like, especially when I had the kids. Um, yeah. And I don't know. There was a couple of comments along the way. Like, oh, back record like blah 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 and uh I don't know it just sat with me like for such a tiny throwaway comment I was like no I yeah. can I absolutely yeah. can fight <laughs> yeah and it was yeah so when so when I did get divorced and I just thought I'm going back fighting that was the only time in my life I've ever been really happy so that's what I'm gonna do and the rest is history <laughs> no I think like it takes incredible fortitude and incredible mental strength to take take a what a lot of people would perceive as a massive negative, but turn it into to a massive positive for yourself. I think that's, you know, incredibly yeah. ad- admirable, I, um, you know. Like, it, it was just a case of getting my head down. Like, I veered so far off my path when I first went to Paddy. And I just, every single day, I was just like, get your head down, focus on this. And it gave me that focus. It gave the kids the focus. Um and before I knew it, we were flying. And then, yeah. like, he invited me to go fight on the amateur team. And I did that. And then he was talking about turning over. And I was like, oh, I think I'm getting on. Like, I'm already, like, 30, 31, I think I was at that point. Um, yeah. Still felt 21, though. <laughs> of course. And, uh, <laughs> and the board said, like, you're going to need X, Y, and Z. So 
Paddy said to me, if there's anyone that can do it, you can do it. So I went out there week in, week out, fighting wherever I could. And 32 fights later, I went to the board with 26 wins. And uh, yeah, they gave me my license. And I was so ecstatic, like really. I bet. I bet. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, you see the... The, the the social media of the the training camps and 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 this thing and and obviously if you're a if you're a film fan you know you've probably watched the the rocky training monologues and uh the you know the new <laughs> creed and stuff <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so what but what is for you what is a what's a training camp into a fight like what 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 do the ins and outs look like They've changed over the years, I have to be honest. Like, my first professional um, fight, I did a 10-week camp, and it was, that's when we spoke afterwards, and I need a six-week camp, like, because I was just burnt out by the end of it, like, completely. I thought the pros were going to be so different to what I was doing, and I just poured so much into that camp. Um, A perfect camp is having peace and calm at home, support, encouragement, um, no alcohol, no no poor food, no cheap meals. Um, yeah. But we all know that's not real life. And I was very, like, I used to miss out on every single social occasion, never do anything. And, like, I'm fighting and boxing's always safe, me, to be fair. Um, yeah. But lately... It's like, no, the kids want a roast dinner. You can have a roast dinner on a Sunday. And yeah. like life isn't perfect. Sometimes really, really bad things happen. And you're going to react by going, ah, I want ice cream. I want wine. I want this. <laughs> yeah. And it's about navigating that balance and knowing that if you're three weeks out from a fight, you absolutely can't do that. But if you're four weeks out, you're probably better off taking that than you are having the cortisol and the stress in your body because that just does such damage. So, yeah, yeah, camps have definitely changed. Um, but I think that's an age thing, like, rather than a, than a preference thing. I think it's yeah. just priorities sort of change. Definitely. And, and, and what, what, in terms of your training during a camp, are we talking three, four hours a day? Or are we talking more? Yeah, what, like, you should do, like, three, four sparring sessions a week and then... A, a couple of hours in the morning, my road work in the afternoon, and then a couple of hours in the evening. Okay. So, and then some active coverage. She is really going for my rent. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm getting in this podcast whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> She's stealing the show. She, yeah. We'll be naming the podcast after her next. <laughs> Martha takes over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so and then how... You, you you go through this six-week period of, you know, getting yourself in the very best physical shape you can. Like you said, the last sort of three-ish weeks, you're, you're not even looking at a bottle of wine or a, a donut <laughs> or whatever. What what do you do then on the crest, on the way back down? Like, you've had your so fight. I, was, I do things very, very differently now, and my weight okay. cuts are excellent these days, to be fair, because um, I never used to do any like sweating or water weight or anything and I still wouldn't do an active cut but um definitely the water comes into play um 
I used to diet down the whole way through the camp. So you're not training as intensely as you could. Like I clean up, I don't eat badly, but I'm full calories, full maintenance all the way to the very last week now. Whereas before I used to like to train up to right before the fight because I felt like I hadn't done enough. I couldn't do it. Um, whereas now I rest that week and I just get the weight off, weight cut week. And okay. yeah, it's worked really, really well. Okay. Uh, and then you're in the fight, whatever result you get, what happens after the fight? Is it a case of, is it like you see like the power <laughs> lifters, <laughs> the power lifters and everything go straight for the 24 pancakes with all the syrup or like what, what, what how does what? it look for it's you? It's always a really, really weird one after a fight because you think you're going to want all this stuff, but it's usually the day after that you want all this stuff. Like, cause then you just kind of like, huh you're coming down from it that will happen depends what the result was what's going yeah. on at home as well and like how many shots you took to the head as well sometimes you got bang like in Rome I got cut had a massive eye on me a headache and it was just like oh I just want to go to bed yeah. <laughs> but then like the last couple of fights before I haven't had a mark on me so it's been like oh we'll have a drink we'll go out we'll do something um uh, yeah, so it just depends what's gone down in the fight. Okay, and speaking of, you you mentioned the the cut and the massive eye. What what's the worst injury you've come out of a fight with? I think it's my collarbone. Um, no, boxing wise, um, no. Um, I've been cut. I cut quite easy, so I've got quite a few scars on my eyes. Um, okay. I think. My eye socket with Rachel Ball, probably. Um, yeah, it, it. I don't know. I get my my nose has been broken and my ear drums burst, but it's also ear, nose, and throat sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah there hasn't been anything that's been. Yeah, I'd say probably the eye was the worst with Rachel, but yeah, all fixes up. It's all fine. <laughs> nothing, nothing that was permanently. No, no. And actually, I'm really fussy with the doctors when they stitch you up, but I'm like, do it really neat. <laughs> this is my face. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay, so um, right, but I, I think we've got to know quite a lot about you know your your fighting and all that sort of stuff. What? Let's talk a little bit more about you as as a person. We've got you. We obviously know you've got the four kids. Um, what what's the What's the future looking like? You said your oldest daughter's got prom. Like, what what's going on with the four kids? Are they, you know, what yeah, GCSEs um, coming up and so or A levels? Is it Gracie? Gracie is finishing. Finishing. I think she finishes the day after tomorrow. Actually, I need to check that. Um, and she's got a boyfriend, and she's off doing her own thing now completely. Um, Edie is very studious um doing her GCSEs she's going to go straight to college and do her A-levels um or stay in sick form and do her A-levels Jimmy yeah. as I said is dad crazy he's with dad all the time yeah. <laughs> um not he, he used to be like he used to be in the boxing world like all the time he's a good little boxer but he just does not care about that now he's at dad's he wants football football he's football crazy so yeah um he's doing fine and then my little boy he's football crazy too 
too, but he's um he's a real smart kid. So he's ten, so he's got yeah. one more year left before he goes up. So I think he'll do like pretty well in his GCSEs and what have you. But to be honest, I've never really been fussed by qualifications. If it gets them where they want to be, that's fine. But I was more concerned that they tried hard and they learned how to learn and what they're yeah. interested in. Um. So yeah. Uh, it's just one of those journeys. I think people make yeah. the mistake of thinking they own their kids, but we don't. We're just there to, this is my experience of the world. This is how I think you'll do better. Um, if it's not what they want to do, it's not what they want to do. Like I said, my Jimmy is like, nah, <laughs> you're wrong, man. <laughs> yeah. He's not interested at all. But like, everyone's individual, aren't they? So, 100%. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, everyone uh, finds their own way, so... Hundred percent. There's always, you know, there's not just one path to where you want to be. There's hundreds and hundreds of paths and routes. And I to... think back to what I was like with my mum. I mean, I was very, very polite, but I couldn't wait to be out there. I was out there like sixteen. I was gone. I was like, I need to see the world. <laughs> I want to do this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think um, I think my middle daughter Edie, she's pretty independent. Like she's always she's always moaning at me she's like you've spent this on this much <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, a I'm in charge of the money thank you <laughs> she's like got a calculator out saying we can't do this and we can't do this. i'm like whoa let me deal with this lady <laughs> i need to send her my finances because i'm terrible <laughs> i'll ping them through on an email she can tell me where i'm going wrong <laughs> we my, yeah we was doing my tax return the other day she's going through the receipts she's like you cannot claim that you cannot claim that i was like okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant bless her and uh is gracie off to uni then if she's finishing soon or i well she says she's going to college um okay. i don't i don't know if she will go to uni to be honest um yeah. but again i support that if that's what she decides to do um yeah. again gracie's they're just different like gracie and jimmy are probably more like their dad and edie and reggie are more like me um yeah. as i say like everyone's happy at the end of the day good it's all all right isn't it <laughs> yeah definitely that's the 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 key really isn't it is if they've got a smile on their face and then it, they're enjoying themselves as long as they're not getting themselves in any yeah. any trouble or anything <laughs> then then what more do you want really um okay but so i gave you a little bit of a heads up i know i, I gave you a call a couple of days ago and gave you a heads up on this um, but I'm asking every guest uh, to pick three sort of meaningful songs, three songs that have have a little bit of history or something behind them that make you you think of those songs. Um, so what would be song number one? No particular order, but what would be song um, one for you? Van Morrison's Brown Eyed Girl. That was always my dad's song to my mum, and then he'd sing it to me as well. So, um, and then Dermot Kennedy's Swim Good, like when I was going through the real hard time last year, that was just like constantly on repeat and it just, yeah, it sticks. And then Alanis Morissette, One Hand in My Pocket, she was the first person I ever saw in concert. And I think that was the song for me then. <laughs> I can't believe I still remember that. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll dive in a little bit again on songs for you because what what do you use as your ring walk song um a complete mixture do you know okay. i always used to use um 
uh, red hot chili peppers. Um, but t- uh, we had a teammate, Ryan Martin, that came to the gym, and it just so happened when he joined, that was his spring music, and he was a further on in his pro career than I was then. So coach was like, get another song, Connolly. So I was like, oh, fine. And then, like, I picked one, and then if the second fight I lost, and I was like, oh, I'm quite a um, superstitious person. So I was like, I jinxed it now. I can't use that. Um, yeah. So I changed it. And then I won one um, glitter and gold. So I used that again for the Ellie Scottney fight. But then I lost that fight. So I was like, oh, I can't use that. Um, I've used Van Morrison. Um, I've used, uh, yeah, quite a few now. So I think next up is Bugsy Malone and Dermot Kennedy, um, Don't Cry. So that'll be the okay. next, uh, next ring walk. <laughs> Right, little, little exclusive there. Does anyone else know that? Or yeah, there you go. No, there you go. No, little no. exclusive. That's brilliant. We'll we'll listen out for it when we when we watch you fight. And uh, and and then the other the other thing uh, as well. I haven't given you any sort of clue on this. Um, with with the second to last thing we're doing on the podcast is a would you rather. So three sort of quick would you rather questions. Um, might take you a while to think about might be an instantaneous <laughs> sort of you know exactly what's going on so uh, the first one would you rather lose an arm or a leg oh, an arm an arm yeah <laughs> any, any reason why or I can live without running <laughs> I'd be really terrible without being able to run okay See, Preferably I'm, if I could lose my left arm, that'd be great. <laughs> we're going into real specifics now. Yeah. <laughs> left, left arm just below the elbow. Great. Yeah. Um, see, I, for, for a completely different reason, and this is only because of my sort of visionary, what I've got going on, um, I'd rather lose a leg just because it looks like prosthetic legs are better at the moment. And I wouldn't want to use this. I wouldn't want to lose the sense of feeling in my my hands, you know, like holding hands or yeah. the cuddle. Uh, so that's that's where I went with it. But you know, it's like you said, personal <laughs> preference. Um, okay, number two: Would you rather have a bath or a shower? Um, shower. Is that just because your life's so hectic you haven't got time for a bath? Or uh, yeah, I hate being uh, hot and like uh, okay. in the bath. Like, yeah. <laughs> doesn't appeal at all <laughs> yeah no I'm I'm exactly the same especially when the weather's like it is at the moment you know jump I jump in a cold shower for five minutes and that's that's enough um and then the last one and this one is being asked to everybody uh the other two change but this one is if you if you could go back right now to uh bet Connolly at 10 but with your mind now so you've got You've got your head on your tenure in your ten-year-old self, or have ten million put into your bank account immediately. Which one would you do? Put my head on my ten-year-old self. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. No, I'm I'm exactly the same. You know, I look back at you know being ten and all the things that weren't around that we could invent and and things like that. We'd be. Much better off than the ten million. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, but the the last thing, like I said, we're, we're doing on this podcast, and I gave you the heads up about this as well. Um, I want to give every guest the opportunity to ask me some questions. Um, so I don't know if you prepared them or if you're going to go off the cuff, but uh, over to you. 
if you were to be offered 10 million to fight the current world champion in your weight class or a thousand pounds not to have to do that which would you pick I'd go I'd go to 10 million okay um only because I think Fury uh, he'd knock me out in one punch right hundred <laughs> percent I I haven't got a jaw on me I'm not a fighter I'm I'm a very aquatic based person <laughs> so anything on land is a struggle so Fury would knock me out in one punch I win you ten, have ten I, I, I'd have ten million and also I reckon he'd be a right laugh to go for a beer with afterwards and just have a have a chat um so yeah yeah I'd probably take the ten million and let him let him just knock me out in round one. And then the other one, if you could be an animal for a week, which one would it be and why? Okay, so this is, it's a little bit frowned upon now, but um, went to SeaWorld when I was younger out in Florida. I know we're not supposed to say we've been there anymore after the whole documentary, but um, I was obsessed with manatees. Oh, I thought okay. I thought like manatees were so cool, and they do nothing. They literally do nothing. They just float around, um, eat seaweed, and and chill. And but I thought they were like the coolest animals ever. So um, I'd love to. I'd love to just be a manatee. Just oh, there uh, you go. And plus, right, I could probably do with a week's break. <laughs> no, yeah, no, really, really different one. But yeah, I'd probably go down that route just because I thought they were so cool. Excellent. <laughs> oh, well, look, Beth, thank you so, so much. Um, oh, you're very welcome. Like, really, really nice to get to know you. Um, really great to, you know, we only connected a few weeks ago on on, on Instagram and things, but being able to get you on face to face and get to know a bit more about you has, has been really great. Um, and like I said, I, I know you're exceptionally busy, so I won't, I won't take up any more of your time, but I really do appreciate it. Oh, um, and best of luck with the next oh, fight. Thank you. I, I will, I will 100% be tuning in. Um, and then shouting let me know. <laughs> shouting at the TV, cheering you on hundred percent. Um, and I'll have I'll I'll listen to the song beforehand and make sure I've got the lyrics ready so I can sing along as you walk out. Um, and yeah, when the retreats start, let me know and I'll um, I'll come over and you can try and sort out my terrible eating habits. Um, Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Bex, thanks again. Um, really appreciate it. Um, and guys, thank you all of you for listening. Uh, thank you for giving up your time and, and joining the recording um really appreciate you um joining in if you want to subscribe we're on youtube we're on spotify apple uh, and obviously being all broadcast through the acast network so thank you again and uh see you next time see you later (laughs) thanks for listening to behind the stats with matt cross sponsored by buzz physique Go to buzzbusy.co.uk and use the code MATT10 to apply 10% off your orders. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, keep up with the show on Twitter at Behind underscore Matt and on Instagram at Behind the Stats with Matt. Until next time.